You're listening to the Golden Hour series with Michelle. I am your host for the State of Being podcast show, and today we're going to specifically talk about ways to navigate the pandemic as an empath. So although we've been a little under a year well into this whole pandemic, and 2020 has definitely been a whirlwind of a year, we have made some progress, but we're still in the thick of it. So I wanted to share with you some of my tips, trials, tribulations on how I navigated the pandemic on the first wave that happened last year. And then moving into 2021, the show still goes on, the world is still going, and we're still growing and trying to build our businesses even in this post-world pandemic. So Things will never look the same uh, pre-pandemic, and I really wanted to talk about some of the shifts that I made with accepting the situation for what it is, and as an empath, as an introvert, as someone that's emotionally sensitive, how do we navigate and preserve our energetic wells, preserve our energy so we can really show up to our work, to our loved ones, and to ourselves. So one of the biggest things that really helped me navigate the pandemic is once I moved from uh, Brooklyn at the time where I was staying originally pre-pandemic all the way to upstate New York around the summertime of last year, I made sure that once my partner and I, when we moved into this two-bedroom apartment, that we made it as comfortable and as cozy and as of a restorative space as possible. So whether you wanted to Marie Kondo your space and really declutter where you're currently living in or you just made a move as well, I would really think about setting some intentions of putting your space in a place of comfort. What can you do to keep it organized and clean? And so I really try to make it a point to start my day with really just making sure the dishes are clean, the bed's made, and I have myself a really nice hearty breakfast with a cup of coffee, and I do have a ritual where I really started this ritual um, this year where I'm lighting candles as I'm getting into my workflow and I really hoog, if that's how you correctly pronounce it, hoog the place up with all of these pillow throws and just blankets around. I, lo- I love to curl up in my blanket as I'm working and I just have really learned to embrace working from home and working for long periods of time and also in a space with my partner. This is the first time I've actually lived with a um, partner sharing the same apartment together in a such a serious long-term relationship. And so learning to navigate from being independent to living with someone else was even more the reason to really cozy up the space and complement some of his likes and some of my likes in a way that works for the both of us. 
And so that might take some trial and error as well, but I would definitely prioritize making the home as comfortable, as comforting, and as restorative as possible. And so the next thing that I really doubted with all of 2020 was trying my best to manage my anxiety. Anxiety that I've never experienced on that kind of level before. Um, And so one of the ways we can really help manage and dissipate some of the severity surrounding our anxiety and this is what really helped me manage it and get it under control, is asking myself where the origin is coming from, really reverse engineering it. So think of it as when you're setting big goals and you want to achieve that big goal, but it seems like a really huge mountain to climb. So you break it down into smaller and smaller micro goals. And so when you're moving the needle, it becomes much less overwhelming and way more achievable. So this is the same thing when it came to combating my anxiety. Sometimes my anxiety might feel like I am trekking a mountain and everything is overwhelming. And so I start reverse engineering. It's like, okay, so where is this coming from? So what's underneath that? And what's underneath that? What's underneath that? So as an example, if I'm experiencing an anxiety attack, I will kind of trace back my steps and I'll ask myself, was it after an interaction I had with a particular person What was the trigger? Was it after that phone call? And then I'll go even deeper. I'm like, did I eat breakfast that day? Did I get enough sleep that day? Did I drink enough water? Did I allow myself enough time to take a break and rest? Let me check my screen time. How much time have I been unconsciously using my mobile phone? And what kind of news have I been digesting? Sometimes what we remember and what we actually do are completely distorted. So even taking a moment to check your internet history and seeing what types of search results show up on your search history can be very eye-opening and can also help you uncover, wow, that link that I was viewing that I completely forgot about, that may have actually led to building up more anxiety than needed to happen. So these are things where when we bring it to our awareness, It can really help us manage it when we are encountering something like this in the future. And also, whenever we are experiencing anxiety, especially as empaths, we have to ask if this feeling that we're experiencing is genuinely our feeling. Are we taking ownership of it or does this feeling belong to somebody else? And did we unconsciously absorb this emotion, whether it's both negative and positive? Because as empaths, we do have a tendency to take on the emotions and the burdens of other people, especially when we are exhausted, when we're overwhelmed, when we're overstimulated. It comes naturally. It's like second skin. So we're not making a conscientious practice and being hyper aware of what we're absorbing, regardless of, you know, if we're consciously aware of it or not. These are things where we have to check in with ourselves each and every day and ask. And we can even start by doing journaling practices every day, like checking in with yourself at the end of the day. It could be a five minute journaling practice where you're asking yourself, hmm, 
this feeling that I'm feeling today, is this something that I feel on a consistent basis? If not, what have I done differently today that I don't usually do every other day? And that might help you uncover where that anxiety might be coming from as well. So the awareness through this journaling practice and self-inquiring will help you dissipate your anxiety once you realize that the feelings did not originate from you. And that gives you leverage and that gives you a lot of power as an empath. And another thing that has been immensely helpful and something that I used to feel really guilty of, but especially in 2020, nearing towards the end, once it was about fall, winter time, I really got good at just really honoring my boundaries and saying no when I get invited to things and I just didn't feel like going and I didn't really need a reason if I just didn't feel like it because I feel like I need to replenish my energy or I feel overwhelmed or I just want to relax and I didn't get enough sleep I want to catch up on sleep then I really honor that and that has been a huge huge game changer in really showing up for myself and also making a huge difference in the results of my business. So prioritizing, taking care of yourself, making a commitment to take care of yourself and getting down to the root of where where you're feeling nervous, anxious, rather than trying to always fix other people's problems Whenever we have anxiety or sadness or anger or nervousness that may come up, especially for me, I used to have the tendency where I try to deny it and focus on something outside of me by helping another person. If I can help fix the other person's problems and ignore my problems, that is temporarily putting a band-aid on it and sweeping under the rug. Because sometimes it can be very painful to look at ourselves and where we can work on certain things because it might not be so pretty. But I think 2020 was truly a year of just being spiritually mandated to look at all the things within you that you no longer want to put up with, that is making you feel very unhappy. And what are ways that we can truly make that shift so we can really like all parts of ourselves, really start the forgiving process and really build that self-compassion that we need to move forward so we no longer self-sabotage our way of happiness. So really taking that priority in focusing inwards, even at parts of ourselves that aren't so pretty, that we don't define as very pretty, And rather than distracting ourselves by being the savior of someone else's life, we need to save ourselves. And when we really do that, I think that's a huge breakthrough and also managing our anxiety because a lot of the times when anxiety comes up and it's not from absorbing the emotions of another person, it's actually because we have really ignored the big elephant in the room and that anxiety can also take on the form of something that can become very unmanageable very quickly if we continue ignoring it. So that's something to really take notice of and be mindful about. And this is more back to basics, kind of like Maslow hierarchy of needs, but 
starting with really eating well, making sure you're eating your meals, cutting back on stimulants such as caffeine, sugar, that may heighten your sensitivity. These are all things that can really make us more anxious than we need to be. And I'm not saying completely omit it from your diet, um, but for me, for example, I am a huge, huge coffee lover, but I've started making a point like after 3 p.m., I'm done with coffee. Like I'm not drinking any more coffee. And I used to be able to drink five to six cups of coffee a day. It was insane, Um, especially back when I was working in corporate. I was a complete workaholic and I had some really toxic habits. And so recently I've really focused on, especially when I was building out my group coaching program, that workaholic tendency within me might start creeping up because I really want to truly deliver a program that will change people's lives and help them create breakthroughs as an empath running a business. And so what I really told myself was in order for me to really set that example and really give people that compassion and self-care and really help them tap into their own self-love, I really need to also take a really good hard look at myself and make sure I'm doing, doing the same. I have to practice what I preach. I really have to own it. And so that really started with making sure that I don't drink coffee after 3 p.m. I just don't put myself in that situation. I make sure that I get at least eight hours of sleep a night. That is a non-negotiable and that has made a huge difference in my business and in my life as well. And I allow myself to indulge from time to time. If I really want that chocolate, I'm going to have that chocolate. If I want to have chicken wings one night, I'll have those chicken wings, but I'll also balance it out with making sure that I create a lot of home-cooked meals. And so my partner and I, we've been really good about doing that and really creating well-balanced nourishing meals and really good bone broths and soups. And so that has been such a nice game changer as well. Because when you feed yourself and you nourish yourself on an energetic level, you feel good inside as well. And that bleeds into everything that you do. And it bleeds into how you show up, how you think about the day, and how you show up for the people in your lives. And when it comes to consumption, there is also mind consumption. And I want to talk a little bit about this. So turning off phone notifications... Uh, doing the do not disturb or putting your phone on silent when you feel especially energetically overwhelmed or drained is extremely helpful. It's immensely helpful because now that we are in a, you know, phase in our lives where we're spending most of our time at home and we don't really have many opportunities to go out and, spend time with friends on, you know, a physical like presence one-to-one level. Everything's now on Zoom. Everything now is on social media, even more so than before the pandemic. We can get uh, too attached to our digital devices. And so people tend to rely on, you know, messaging 
calling, DMing, commenting, whether it's on like Facebook, Instagram, wherever, but it just creates this world where we're just glued to our phones, we're glued to our computers, and that can become extremely overwhelming as well. And I don't know about you, but if you resonate with being an empath, you might have friends or family in your life that go to you for advice, that go to you for a source of comfort, because as an empath, we're naturally givers. We naturally want to help other people, be there for other people, provide comfort energy to other people. And so we can become... I don't want to severely say an emotional punching bag, but if anything, like a dumping ground for other people to share their anxiety and lay it all out in the open. And if we're already overwhelmed and we're managing our own anxieties and on top of that, managing the burdens of other people's anxiety when we're feeling less than 100, it can get overwhelming real fast. And it could be one of the biggest energetic drains and really self-sabotage your ability to feel grounded in control and overall feeling happy and optimistic and motivated to do the work, show up in your business and not have imposter syndrome creep up or whatnot. It's There's a myriad of where our anxieties stem from, but a lot of the times when we are kind of collectively all struggling at the same time, the overwhelm can multiply. And so I know that there is such a saying that when we are in a place of, you know, isolation and loneliness, we need to seek towards being with other people to really help provide that comfort. And that is true to a certain extent. And so that brings to my next point where it is great to block off time like every week or every other week where there is a group of women that we trust. And if you currently don't have one, look around your social circles and form a weekly you know, women's circle where you guys talk about empowering subjects and you guys have a assigned designated space where there is time set aside and there's that boundary where it's like, 5 p.m. every Saturday, all of my girls and I, we're going to get together and we're going to catch up. When you can anticipate and set aside time where it's predictable, it become less overwhelming. We still have that ability to be there for other people. And you can do that as often as you like, depending on what your threshold is. And so that can be a place where people can express their vulnerabilities, their fears, their anxieties. But you can also make it a point to really create an atmosphere of making it feel very empowering, making it feel very emotionally uplifting. And there's so many ways to do this. You could even form a meetup group. There's a lot of meetup groups that used to be live that now is just purely on Zoom, purely online. And so we can really leverage that to connect with people from all around the world have the opportunity to meet other like-minded women that are just looking for a community of support where we can all feel uplifted by one another's energy. So we can use that empath ability to reinforce a feeling of sisterhood, a feeling of a close bond, rather than do the opposite of having 
these situations drain us, when we become an emotionally dumping ground, when we are in a position that we didn't ask for. So with that said, kind of going back to all of this and how we show up with other people, to other people's lives, it's like really let yourself off the hook when being there for others. You may have friends and family members that are overwhelmed at this time, and if they use you as an emotional dumping ground, if you're feeling drained after consistent interactions with certain people, please, please set loving boundaries. Protecting your energy is key. And make it a point to chat with someone, whether that is your therapist, a friend that you can count on, you know, that can keep you optimistic, can make you laugh, can lessen the heaviness and make it into like, put it in your schedule. It it should be a non-negotiable. It is part of your self-care and it's part of your right and you should honor it. And so, and if you don't have these resources, look for a calming podcast show, you know, look for your favorite YouTubers that do carry that resonance of like calming energy that can bring you back to center. Listen to your favorite meditation apps. And what I'll do in the show notes in the link in this episode is I will provide some of my favorite tools. If you currently don't have access to a therapist, a women's circle, and you kind of want to explore solo and kind of look into certain podcasts or YouTube or books, but not but don't know where to start, like I'm more than happy to recommend resources that has helped me immensely when I chose to ride solo and manage my anxiety that way. And I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of cool Reiki ASMR healing videos on YouTube. So when I first came across one, I was a little bit skeptical I've done Reiki healing in person before, but I've never done it over YouTube and on a more collective energetic level. And so I'll recommend one that I follow that I love. I think it's called Luna or Loon Innate. Um, I'll leave the link in the show notes and you can go check it out. But it has been a huge source of calming, grounding energy, especially right before bed. Right after I take a shower, I'll kind of listen and bad and just kind of like be very present with my breathing slow down my breathing be very mindful about it and it really helps me sleep peacefully and soundly at night and so moving to other things that can really help manage your anxiety and really manage your energy levels during this time is be very mindful of the news that you consume so I know that some people refuse to read the news at all and they might get criticized for it because we should know what's going on with the world and so they might rely rely on, you know, their friends updating them or their family members or whatnot. So do what works for you. But what I've done was I only follow one news source. It's one email that gets sent to my inbox every morning. I think it's like six days a week. They take one day off on the weekend. And it just tells me all the facts, what I need to know, what's the most important things that I need to know in a nutshell around the world in one simple email without 
any of the sensationalism, hyperboles that's attached to what we see in journalism today, where there's that extra shock factor, that extra drama for clickbait, clicks and views. Like, I'm not about that at all. I think that's completely disingenuous and it preys on people's emotions, negative emotions, and I'm really not about that. But this news source that I follow in my inbox every single day, it's called Morning Brew. And I think they do a fantastic job in delivering news with integrity where they really just give you the facts just really to the point. And it's it's an easy five-minute read. It doesn't take up too much of your day and you're good to go for the rest of the day. And you still feel connected with the world in a very responsible and productive way. So I'm also going to leave the morning brew in the show notes as well. It is completely free to sign up. So definitely give it a try. And I'll also be leaving some meditation videos and meditation soundtracks that I personally use whenever I'm going through periods of stress and anxiety. And I really want to take care of myself and really be mindful of how I'm feeling internally. And then one last thing that I think might be very helpful that's helped me immensely whenever I'm just going through periods of sensitivity around just the collective energy of the world, especially when things feel like, when the world feels like it's completely on fire, is especially when I take a shower, I'll imagine a shield bubble that's like being generated around me as the water is hitting my body. And I'll just kind of imagine with this water bubble that I form around me, other people's emotion, it bounces off this bubble. And so I can do this before I start my day, before I get on calls with people, before I go out and run errands. And like, I also like to incorporate different smells in the shower, like tiger balm, essential oils. And before I get on a coaching session with my clients, I like to do a little bit of Palo Santo. I like to sage my space. And that smell really helps create that feeling of calmness within me. And it sets the right intention before I get on the call. Um, with that person, with that client. And so it it encourages your mind to completely be in control of how you want to set the tonality of your day and what you choose to absorb. So hopefully these tips, these tidbits and reminders have helped you and let me know what you think. Feel free to send me some love over on Instagram. That is the social media platform where I'm most active so you can feel free to send me a dm i do reply to all messages and yeah let me know what you think and in the next couple of weeks i'll be providing more of these golden hour sessions where we will kind of dive deep on everything you need to know about being an empath and being an empowered empath so treat these as like little mini coaching sessions but over a cup of nice coffee or warm tea All right, I'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Hey there. Have you ever been curious on what type of empath you are? Well, you're in luck. 
I created a quiz where you can discover what your empowered empath archetype is. After working with empaths from all over the world, I wanted to develop a framework to help you step courageously and aligned in your calling. Too many of us are walking around with gifts misconstrued as weakness. It's time to put a stop to that. Uncover and cultivate the intuitive gifts you were born with. Link to the quiz is in the show notes or visit michellesaya.com. See you on the other side.